Greetings, everyone, and welcome to On Track, our podcast series on legal and business developments in the post-COVID world. I'm Gil Porter, partner at Haynes & Boone and host of this podcast series, and today is July 15, 2021. We're going to be speaking today with Greenworks Lending, a Nuveen affiliate who, through the use of the New York City CPACE program, has mobilized to help commercial buildings in New York City address the new energy efficiency objectives. Uh, For those of you who are familiar with it, the city has a Climate Mobilization Act of 2019 with some pretty ambitious uh, objectives. While this discussion may focus a bit on New York, there are similar programs that already exist or are proposed in major cities throughout the country as the U.S. mobilizes to address energy efficiency and the challenges of climate change. We're joined today by two representatives of Greenworks Lending. Aaron Krauss is the Vice President of Market Development and Strategy for Greenworks Lending, based out of Washington, D.C. And Crystal Smith is the Director of Originations for the New York Market, based in New York City. Our moderator for today's discussion is my New York-based real estate partner, Danny Lisk. And I'm going to turn this over to Danny in a moment, but first our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only, is not intended to be legal advice, and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are fast-moving and subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. That's it for now. I'll be speaking to you at the end. But let me turn it over, Danny, so that you can continue this discussion. Hey, thanks a lot, Gil. And Crystal and Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Really happy to have you. You guys are um, on the forefront of uh, C-PACE financing, so we're very lucky to have the opportunity to uh, speak with you today. So let's dive right into this. And Aaron, I'm going to start off with you. For those who don't know what C-PACE financing is, could you just start off and give us a broad 101 overview? You know, tell us what, what is C-PACE financing? What's the history? Where does it come from? And, and how does it work? Sure, absolutely. So C-PACE financing stands for Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy. And it is a creature of state law. And the state law lets us finance um, typically any energy or water-related capex in a commercial building. And a commercial building is typically defined as any type of commercial property plus multifamily. Um, And uh, this includes nonprofits as well. So we can typically fund anything that isn't single family homes or government owned buildings. And what the state law lets us do is it lets us finance this CapEx, that's energy or water related. And we do that through a special benefit assessment on the property tax bill. So it looks very similar to like a sewer assessment or a sidewalk extension assessment or any of the other benefit assessments that local governments have been levying for hundreds of years as a means to pay for capital improvements uh, around their communities. And uh, local governments allow this because we're enhancing the energy efficiency or clean energy performance of these commercial properties. And it's all private capital. So it's no public money. The private capital comes in and a borrower would pay back um, the principal and interest uh, through the the MWORT um, for that uh, uh, assessment through their property tax system. So it wouldn't impact the property tax rate, uh, even if you're abated for 100 years and don't pay property tax, even if you're a church and you don't pay property tax, you still have a tax ID and you can pay benefit assessments. And so the billing and collection generally is done through the property tax system. That all begs the question, why would you do this? Why would I take out $10 million of debt via a CPACE assessment rather than uh, some other way? And the reason is because we're going through that system, the credit 
quality of uh, that assessment. In, in essence, the CPACE creates a, a credit enhancement for that property. And so we're able to bring very long-term fixed non-recourse dollars for very low cost um, to that property and enable energy and water-related upgrades, uh, whether it's for retrofits, deferred capex, gut rehabs, or, or ground up new construction, it allows us to finance things like windows and HVACs, uh, all the way from really cool things like solar panels to really boring but essential things like building controls um, and um, you know water systems and electrical systems, things that impact the energy and water performance of the property. It allows us to finance those things and um, support uh, more sustainable uh, performance of these properties um, in, in, a, in a very accretive way that developers and property owners um, seek to use. That's great. That's great, Aaron. Thank you. That that helps us get, like give us a good understanding of um of the of the overview of um of CPACE. Now, one thing I just want to kind of put out there and take off the table um, before we go any further is um, a bunch of folks may have um, seen the John Oliver piece on last week tonight where he was quite quite critical of of residential pace lending. So, can you just quickly address you know? John Oliver's um, piece and uh, and let us know your thoughts on how what you're doing um, differs from from residential base. Sure. And we often get conflated because the mechanism is similar, right? And residential and commercial, oh, they sound similar. They're very, very different markets and the asset class is completely different. Uh, for starters, um, you know, nearly 40 states um, have passed the underlining statutory authority for commercial pace. Um, I think roughly 26 are executable right now, so we can write checks in something like 25 or 26 states. Um, to my knowledge, there's only three states that you can do residential pace in, uh, the California, Missouri, and Florida. Um, and it's a very different um, uh, your counterparty obviously is different. A family is different than a hotel developer, obviously. Um, but there's also uh, inherent features that are different. In most state statutes for commercial pace uh, and in all deals Greenworks does, um, there is a requirement for lender consent. So the senior lender on any property has to agree to let us into the transaction. They have the power of the pen. So if your senior lender or anyone with a lien on the property does not want commercial pace in the property, the deal is done and we cannot fund uh, into that property. Um, that is inherent in the commercial pace transaction. In addition, we have, you know, very deep and sophisticated underwriting. We're looking at leverage levels and debt service coverage ratios and all the things that you would do uh, for commercial lending that you may not be able to do for, for smaller deals. And then the other thing is we have, you know, under state requirements and local requirements, we have very robust energy audit requirements. Um, so we're not funding, you know, uh, anything, you know, we can't fund carpets and sofas, you know, we can't fund things um, that don't have, um, uh, you know, um, engineers basically stamping and saying this complies with the law. Um, this is leading to um, X amount of energy savings. Um, it's all very clear. Uh, and then finally, as, as I noted, our, our counterparties are, are typically sophisticated property owners. Um, they're understanding what the, these assessments are. And so even in John Oliver's uh, piece, he did note that there are two different programs. There's commercial pace and residential pace. We solely do commercial. And so we, we do not lend to, uh, to single family homes. Got it. That's that's great to understand. That certainly a lot different than um, having a contractor show up uh, at someone's doorstep uh, 
pushing a, a residential pace program, um, although it, it did make for, uh, for, for a pretty uh, funny, funny piece. Um, Crystal, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts um, on New York City and on the New York City market, because C-Pace is, uh, is relatively new in New York City. And, um, you know, in particular, um, just last month, I think the first uh, New York City C-Pace loan closed, which was a $90 million loan made to um, the owners of the 111 Wall Street building. So could you talk to us about New York City C-Pace and, um, and uh, what the background is there and, and, uh, and how, if, all, if at all, it differs from, um, you know, other C-Pace programs? Sure, I'd be happy to. So CPACE has been around in New York State for a number of years, um, but it wasn't until 2019 that it came to New York City. Uh, and, and it really came to be through the Climate Mobilization Act, which a lot of us have heard about Local Law 97, of course, which mandates that buildings over a certain size reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by 2030. And while this is well-intended and, and certainly will be great for city dwellers and the environment, we can't ignore the fact that compliance would be incredibly costly for building owners. And so at the same time, the city passed Local Law 96 to enable CPACE for retrofits in the boroughs as a cost-effective solution for owners to comply with these energy mandates. And although it legally was established in 2019, um, like many things, the program launch itself was delayed by the pandemic. But as you mentioned, it's now officially live and here in the city for retrofits. Um, additionally, the city noted that this program also has an incredibly valuable uh, proposition for new, new development projects. And so they passed an amendment in April of this year to allow for CPACE in new construction. This piece is currently working its way through the city and expected to be live hopefully by September. And to your question on how it differs from other programs, um, Every single state is completely different. So that would be that would be a very lengthy discussion, but suffice it to say, even, even the boroughs are slightly different from the upstate program. So it's really important to talk to somebody local who who has the, ex, the local market expertise. Got it. Okay, well, that's great to hear. Um, and um, we do expect on our end um, to see quite a lot of deal activity uh, in New York City as, as folks um, begin to um, utilize the C-PACE uh, mechanism. Crystal, what um, can you just give folks an overview, kind of what types of projects and improvements can be financed with a C-PACE loan? Sure. So the beauty of CPACE is that it's an incredibly flexible form of financing for clean energy upgrades. It's intended to fund 100% of eligible project costs, including both hard and soft costs, and it's typically cash flow positive from day one. So CPACE can be used to cover any upgrades that have an impact on the energy performance of a building. This includes all of the mechanical systems, anything to do with the building envelope, windows, insulation, LED lighting, low-flow plumbing fixtures, and, of course, renewables like solar. Uh, C-PACE can also be applied retroactively to extract equity from recently completed energy-efficient upgrades. And in New York City, we can look back three years, so long as the project was completed more recently than May 2019, since, again, that's when the legislation became effective. And, and what are some of the reasons that um, you know a sponsor would finance their improvements with a C-PACE assessment rather than you know maybe a traditional um, you know mezzanine loan or preferred equity? 
um, why why use a CPACE um, loan? Sure. So we've funded hundreds of these deals across the country. And the main reason that property owners love CPACE is for its flexibility. So again, they're able to make upgrades to their buildings with zero cash out of pocket, with the savings realized in utility and maintenance costs that at least offset the cost of the financing. This makes it cash flow positive from day one that often improves the building value. There's also additional structural features in there. You know, it's low cost, non-recourse, and long dated. Uh, and, and because our legal structure is the benefit assessment that Aaron described, when we're not a mortgage, there's no mortgage recording tax due on CPACE in New York City. So that's a 2.8% savings there for developers. And depending on lease structure, in many cases, the CPACE can be passed through to commercial tenants and hotel guests uh, because it's sort of... Uh, sort of bridging the longstanding split incentive issue where, you know, landlords are stuck with the bill to make these capital intensive upgrades and and the commercial tenants, the ones who pay for the utilities are the ones who are benefiting from it. So this shares the the cost between the two. And is is applying for a CPACE loan, is it a similar process to, you know, working with a mortgage lender or mezzanine lender or what, you know, talk, talk to us about if, if, I'm a, if I'm a property owner, you know, how does, what's the process from application, you know, through underwriting to closing and then, um, you know, the mechanics of making um, payments um, once we close a loan? Yeah, the intake of a CPACE loan is not too different from that of a senior lender. So we'll take a look at the project's pro forma, sources and uses, and most importantly, the construction budget to do an initial sizing. Um, Assuming everything looks good and and we want to move forward, the the most unique aspect of the CPACE process is the energy audit. And this is an OSHRAE level two report that has to be completed by a third party engineer. And it ensures that the savings derived from the proposed work at least offset the CPACE. So this is, an, this is akin to an appraisal for a senior lender in that it ultimately dictates what our max proceeds will be. It also tells us what the maximum term of the loan can be because this is tied to the effective useful life of the improvements. So while that's going on, we're parallel processing our, parallel processing our own underwriting and also handle the submission of the entire package to the administrator. Then at closing, the, the benefit assessment is filed on the land records and proceeds are dispersed on similar to how they would be on a construction loan through a draw request. As for ongoing billing, as, as Aaron described, where our debt service winds up on the property tax bill. So in New York City, that's due and payable on June for excuse me, January 1st and July 1st of each year. And what um and what are the terms, the key terms that, are, that, I'll, that I'll see in, in my papers? Um, you know, what, what's a typical, if you could say, you know, a typical CPACE loan, what's it going to look like? Sure. So the, the pricing varies on the deal pro- profile, of course. Uh, so, you know, is it new construction or is it a retrofit? Is it a recap? What is the asset class? Um, you know, some are easier to finance than others. We can, we can do any asset class and, it, you know, it's just going to be slightly different pricing. This is fixed rate money, and it usually lands somewhere in the fives. It can tick up a little bit from there on occasion. As I mentioned, the length of the term is determined by the energy audit. It usually winds up being between 20 to 25 years, self-amortizing, and that that term begins after the construction period. So that that construction period, of course, is going to vary by uh, on a project-to-project basis. We, we do have upfront fees in line with a typical construction lender and the city's administrator also charges an upfront fee. 
But keep in mind, there's no MRT due or payable for the CPACE. So our combined fee structure here still winds up being inside of that. The, the CPACE can also be uh, prepaid at any time. There's no yield maintenance or lockout. There is a declining prepayment penalty uh, fee or structure, but that can be negotiated based on uh, a client's needs for that particular business plan. Okay, Aaron, and so I want to turn this back over to you because you mentioned this earlier um, where you um, have to... Ab- uh, obtain lender consent from a senior senior lender in order to um, to, to to finance uh, your improvements through a CPACE loan. Um, so, can you talk to us about that process uh, in a little bit more detail? Sure, and, and I think a good way to discuss that is to to come out to a thirty thousand foot level here and basically explain. There's three governors on proceeds, right? The first is the underwriting box, and you know will generally lend anywhere from twenty to thirty five percent of the leverage stack of the as stabilized asset value. Uh, and then there's uh, debt service coverage ratio uh, constraints as well. So that's like the underwrite. The second one is the technical scope. Is there enough CapEx and associated soft costs for us to fund? Um, a straight up acquisition of a, an apartment building wouldn't qualify, right? Because there's no CapEx. An acquisition value add, we, let's look at the construction budget and see you know, what we can fund. The third one, which is to your question, is a senior lender consent and comfort. Um, and so that's that's important. We've worked with you know over 300 senior lenders at this point, uh, all the way from big national names to local banks to debt funds to life codes and everyone in between. They typically get comfortable because a very very key part of the structure of CPACE, and that is we're a non-acceleratable assessment. So in other words, the money due in the year 2028 can only be collected in the year 2028, even under default, even under any scenario, unless the owner or the sponsor elects to prepay us, right? And so what that means is the incremental amount due in that next billing cycle and anything in the rears is indeed peri pursuit with the taxes and senior in the waterfall. But everything due in the future is functionally junior to equity because we can't ever call it. Um, and so once seniors understand that non-accelerated nature, if we're writing a $10 million assessment or a $50 million or a $3 million, not all of that is, quote unquote, sitting ahead of them. It's just an incremental amount. And they can underwrite around that um, pretty easily. And there's other um, credit mitigation tools we have. For example, a senior could ask to escrow the PACE payment alongside the taxes so that they have line of sight into that next incremental payment, right? Uh, the senior understands that they have the notice and cure privileges. Um, the senior understands we cannot foreclose, right? We are just swimming behind the local taxing jurisdiction, so to say. And so once they understand that, they get comfortable. We uh, spend uh, every day on the phone with senior lenders, every day our directors across the country, um, uh, often getting them comfortable, often answering the same you know, 20 FAQs we, we typically see uh, and getting them comfortable. Are there some senior lenders out there that you know won't play ball? Yeah, there's a top a couple that philosophically um, don't like the structure, but the overwhelming majority do. Um, and I'd say the overwhelming majority of the time we're getting senior lender comfort. Um, the times where it might be a little more difficult is where if the um, project is severely cost constrained and the C pace is coming in to offset equity. Um, in that case, it, it might be a little bit of a further discussion, but that's really how we structure with the senior. Got it. That's really helpful to hear. And um, we've also seen very similar structures on our end in working with our senior lender clients, um, as you described. Um, 
So let's, um, you know, in wrapping this up and thank you guys, this has been, this has been great. Um, where, and, and I, Aaron, I can direct this to you and Crystal, you can feel free to chime in as well, but, um, you know, where do you guys see things, um, going in 2021? You know, how, what, what does deal flow look like? And, uh, and in particular, how does the New York city market look? Well, uh, Greenworks, as you noted at the beginning of the of, of the recording here, um, we were recently acquired by Nuveen, um, and um, we're really excited. Uh, Greenworks origination from year to year, we're we're basically doubling year on year, and we've we've grown tremendously over the last couple of years, and um, we uh, feel very optimistic about where the asset class is going. CPACE is. Uh, uh, grown beyond two billion dollars at this point, and uh, and and this year is is looking like a banner year. It's important to note, up until you know, roughly call it two years ago or so, um, CPACE was really seen as a tool to do retrofits. I need a new boiler in my office, or uh, my windows need to be replaced for energy efficient windows in in my apartment building, so on and so forth. And then, roughly two years uh, or so ago, it was really seen as uh, a really powerful tool in the capital sector for gut rehabs or, or ground up new constructions. And we've seen tremendous growth there. Um, and also the geographic footprint, you know, just a couple of years ago, um, it was just a handful of states. Um, now the lion's share of the major MSAs in the United States are now in, and we're lending in um, nearly all the major cities in, in, in the country. Um, of course, um, that, that that did not include the sun, which is New York City, right? Uh, um, the largest commercial real estate market in the United States. Uh, and that is relatively new. Um, the program just went live really a couple weeks ago. Um, and we already have deals under term sheet. We're, we're really excited to work New York City. We've done many deals elsewhere in New York State. But the five boroughs, of course, um, we expect uh, to be to be quite significant for us in in the years to come. Crystal, I don't know if you have uh, something to add for for the New York market. Yeah, as as you touched on, Aaron, we're expecting huge demand in New York City, and we're already seeing it. Not just from the local law ninety seven compliance perspective, but there's always been many developers in the city who have a big focus on clean energy projects. And as I think from retrofits, uh, a lot of buildings are still getting their bearings on what they need to do to, to get into compliance. And certainly the pandemic has uh, had pretty much everybody focused on, you know, keeping things afloat. But there's been a huge demand for new construction. So as those guidelines come out here in the next few months, um, we look forward to hitting go on those. Thank you so much, Crystal and Aaron. I'm going to pass this back to Gil. Thank you, Aaron and Crystal, and of course, Danny, for moderating this podcast. And thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. Our next podcast will be in August and will be an update on labor topics as U.S. businesses plan for the fall reopenings of in-office work. So please stay tuned. Until then, be well and stay safe.